0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, victory! Mark Pope opens things up at BYU with a decisive win. The number one thing we learned about his team in Game 1.
1: Alex Barcelo was fantastic in his BYU debut. Are you all in on him as the next Cougar star? Plus, should BYU quarterback Zach
0: Wilson play against Liberty if he's not 100%? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the
2: BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU
0: Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, November 6th, wherever and however you have chosen to connect. Welcome, friends. It's nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Mark Pope's vocal coach,
1: Jason Shepard, yeah, coach was uh, the voice of struggling last night. But look, that's kind of what you want out of your coach, right? I mean, like he's out there, he's barking the instructions, and he's losing his voice a little bit. It's, 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 it's. You know, you know, he was in the game. He didn't have a voice at the end of it. Little uh, lemon honey herbal tea. Here's no, there three words: hot ham water, hot ham water, hot ham water.
0: Jason. Um, I'm kind of disgusted, but I'm also intrigued. You clearly
1: don't get the uh, the reference. It's from Arrested Development. No. Uh, Lin- oh, okay. Lindsay, right. she was making dinner, okay. and so right. she put a ham in some boiling water and called it hot ham water. Uh, that's the secret. So. Yeah. yeah, I missed that one. I missed that one. I'm
0: sorry. Oh for 1. Hot ham
1: water. That will cure it.
0: <laughs> hey, well, we've got uh, quite the uh, midweek show menu. No hot ham water no, on it. No. But it does feature some seasonal specials, including Trevin Nell, sharpshooter for BYU, his unique pregame music selection to help him get dialed in to shoot. And fun fact, he played for the same high school basketball coach I did. We had the real reason Kalani Satake got so emotional during the coaches' show on Monday night. A fantastic deep blue story. Plus, one-on-one with BYU receiver Gunnar Romney. We break down the brotherly connection in Logan one more time. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball opens the 2019-2020 campaign with a decisive... 18-point home win over Cal State Fullerton, 76-58 last night. Junior transfer Alex Barcelo and senior T.J. Haas both scored 17 points to lead the Cougars. Barcelo shot 7 for 9, including this trifecta. Zach, offensive rebound, reset to Barcelo for 3. He got it! A, B for 3, and the Cougars lead by 9, and that's 3 triples for Alex Barcelo. I like the sound of that. BYU shot 44% from the three-point line. Got some nice rebounding help as well from Zach Sellius and Connor Harding, who both grabbed eight boards apiece. BYU hosts a tough, athletic San Diego State team this Saturday at the Marriott Center, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. Watch it on BYU TV. Listen on
1: BYU Radio. BYU football takes a two-game winning streak into Saturday's home matchup with fellow independent Liberty. The status of BYU starting quarterback still unknown with Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and Baylor Romney all listed on the depth chart. ESPN matchup predictor gives the Cougars an 89.8% chance of winning. Defensive lineman Kairos Tonga says the matchup versus Liberty is going to be fun.
2: It's going to be a challenge. They're uh, they're offensively sound. They're all lined. They're... The QB's a great QB. Uh, running backs are nice. Uh, the receivers are nice. It's just, it's gonna be a fun challenge to, uh, to play with them
3: on Saturday.
1: Kickoff will be at 7:30 p.m. Eastern time, 4:30 p.m. Pacific on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Countdown to kickoff at 6:30 p.m. Eastern, 3:30 p.m. Pacific on both or. Uh, for, on BYU TV, same time for radio pregame as we get you ready for the Cougars and the Flames. Hey, don't
0: sleep on Buckshot Calvert and Antonio Gandy Golden.
1: Look, I wonder if Buckshot would get uh, a little rattled if somebody just walked up and called him Steven.
0: <laughs> His actual name? His actual name. I wonder if that would throw him off. <laughs> BYU women's soccer remains on target, number four in the latest NCAA Division I Top 25 poll. The Cougars. Atop the WCC, Elise Flake leading the team in goals with 16. That's good for number six in the nation in goal scores. Cougars play at Gonzaga against former associate head coach Chris Watkins tonight, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific
1: on BYU Radio. Women's cross-country moved up to number three in the latest ustf CCCA polls. The men remain at number two for the 15th consecutive week. Both teams compete in their penultimate meet of the season at the Mountain Regional Championship coming up in Salt Lake City on November 15th.
0: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending, on BYU sports nation. Hot ham water. <laughs> BYU got a decisive victory to open up the Mark Pope era at BYU. An 18-point win over Cal State Fullerton. BYU utilized a lot of the bench. And I mean a lot of the bench. We'll get into the details of that, but Jason, overall, what was the number one thing you learned about BYU basketball after the first game?
1: I learned that Alex Barcelo is the man. He's the truth. He was so much fun to watch. And it wasn't just the fact that he scored the 17 points, but it was his efficiency. He was great. Seven of nine from the floor. That included three or four from three. Despite the slow start for TJ Haas, the other thing that impressed me, like I mean, I even said this on the the radio broadcast at halftime. Like, for anybody that's concerned that that Toolson and Haas were, hadn't hadn't done a whole lot in the first half. Don't worry about it. And then TJ Haas came out and had an unbelievable second half. Uh, and, and that's I think you know we we know exactly what type of player TJ is. So. And and Toulson scoring seven points was a surprise, but there's zero reason for concern. concern. First off, it's the first game. Second, the guy's an elite shooter in college basketball, so he's going to be just fine. I still don't know if we learned a lot about the bigs, simply because Cal State Fullerton doesn't really have dominant bigs, so I don't know if they were tested like they will be as the season goes on. But certainly, the, the biggest plus was Barcelo and the overall shooting of the Cougars. That's what I learned. Barcelo's the man, and... The coaches kept saying, one of the things we know about this team is we know that this team can shoot, and that was on display last night.
0: Alex Barcelo is the truth, at least in game number one. And I know it was Cal State Fullerton, and I know that the Titans were playing without their best player, and they had just lost to a Division two opponent. But you still have to come out and play with the right energy and figure out rotations And I really liked what I saw overall in terms of energy Mm -hmm. from this BYU team. So the number one thing I learned is that this BYU team has bought in to the energy and enthusiasm of Mark Pope and this coaching staff. And that was really encouraging, especially when T.J. Haas was struggling in the first half. And Jake Toulson was struggling in the first half. I think they combined for two points in the first half. So up comes Alex Barcelo. Connor Harding knocks in three three three-pointers. And 11 points at half, Connor. I know that Zach didn't shoot the ball super well, per se, but there's a feeling in the plus-minus category, and I know that people have mixed feelings about the plus-minus stat, but there is something to the BYU feels better and more complete when this person is on the floor. And I thought BYU was a better team when Zach Sellius was on the floor last night. Just for his rebounding and his hustle plays and the way that he defended in the post, I thought he did a nice job. I, I really like the energy and the effort. I think they're bought in to Mark Pope. Uh, they'll play hard no matter what. On the defensive side, Jason, I thought BYU was really good defensively. And am I wrong in thinking that Alex Barcelo's persona and energy are Mark Pope? I feel like they're the same
1: person. Yeah, energy wise. Yeah, from from an energy standpoint, and just that that laser focus on on the task at hand. Look, and I love the fact that. That he got he got angry when things weren't going like he, he missed a shot or maybe somebody you know made a play against him. I love that that he took that personal and then went out and, and proved it on the other end. I, I, I thought he was fantastic last night. And, and to Zacharius, how great was it just to see him on the floor? Because I know that that was somewhat maybe in, the guy broke his foot you know several several months ago on the trip to to Italy, and so the, him being able to be ready to go for game one. I, I thought that was great for Zach. Fantastic. Cleared last week. Yeah. Him coming home early from Italy is what allowed yeah. this to happen. Wow. Topic number two, the debut of Alex Barcelo is what most BYU fans are going to be talking about. Obviously, that's what we were just talking about. After his performance last night, Spencer, are you all in on Alex Barcelo? Uh, Yes, and that brings us to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
0: Alex Barcelo scored a new career high in his first regular season game at BYU. Good way to start. 17 points, previous high of 16 at Arizona. The thing I like most about BYU playing with Alex Barcelo is there is always going to be a ball handler, creator, scorer on the floor. TJ Haas and Barcelo can play together, but if one of them has to come out, there will always be that guy on the floor, creating, controlling, whether it's Barcelo or Haas. I don't think BYU's had that luxury, that type of player and creator, More than one, anyway, besides TJ Hawes, over the past few years. So I, I like that the most about him. I'm bought in because he really brings a dynamic to BYU basketball that allows the Cougars to keep that type of player on the floor for all 40 minutes and I think that's super unique. I like that. I thought Mark Pope did a really nice job managing that. Of course they got to figure some things out. San Diego State's going to be a different challenge. Yes it will. It will be a very different challenge because they're big, they're long, they're athletic and they focus on defense. We will learn more, much more about this BYU team and what kind of moxie and grit they have when San Diego State comes to the Marriott Center on
1: Saturday. Uh, Yes, I am all in on one Alexander Barcelo. Uh, I was so impressed. I was excited to see him play... Anyway, regardless, because there was still a little bit of an unknown. I mean, you know, we're, you're not you're not watching probably not every BYU fan is watching, you know, Arizona play. So, I mean, you can see some highlights and whatnot. But to see what he would do in this setting with this team, I was excited. I did not anticipate that type of performance in game number one. He's he is aggressive. His shot is pure. And the guy is in complete control of the game. And it goes to what you were talking about, his ability to handle the ball, his ability to create not only for himself, but for his teammates. I, I, that was an absolute gem of a pickup by this coaching staff. And then, To be able to have the NCAA give him the waiver to play this year was unexpected. I did not think that was going to happen. So the fact that he is able to come in and then has that kind of debut, man, that was exciting. And I was so impressed with every aspect of his game last night.
0: I credit the BYU Sports Nation karma for the NCAA coming (laughs) in and granting him the waiver. He came on the show right after, we talked about it, and it came through. Uh, really nice, really nice for BYU to have Alex Barcelo on the floor. And there was some real trepidation and some concern when Nick Emery decided to stop playing basketball at BYU because there was a void. Well, BYU expected Nick Emery to come in and play good defense and be a contributor and shoot threes and be an energy guy. Alex Barcelo is that, and dare I say, an upgrade. You know, through one, it's hard because it's only one game. Yes, but it feels like he will be what Nick Emery was going to be, plus more. It feels that way. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I really don't. All right, enough basketball. Because there is football happening this week as well. BYU hosting Liberty as the Cougars go for a third straight win. And Jason, can you believe it? The Cougars have a chance to go back over five hundred against a Flames team that is already technically bowl-eligible. The big question is, who's going to play quarterback? It's been that question, it feels like, for the last month, if not more, because of Zach Wilson's injury against Toledo. Now, Zach apparently is recovering faster than
1: we expected. But if he is anything less than 100%, do you want him to play against Liberty? No, I do not. No, there there is no benefit to playing Zach Wilson in a game like this if he is not 100%. What if he's
0: cleared, though? He's
1: cleared, but he's not 100%. If he's... I just don't think you risk that to your number one quarterback. Like, depending on how the game goes, maybe you can get these guys in. Maybe maybe Zach can get—maybe all three quarterbacks can play if everybody's cleared, depending on how the game goes. I just don't think that you get a guy that's coming off of an injury in a game that you should be able to win regardless— and look, and I'm not taking anything away from the, look. The Liberty offense is fantastic. They put up 63 yes. against you, man. But who is BYU terrible. should still win this game. BYU's favored by 17 points. Okay, <laughs> so BYU's going to win this game. So you don't, I don't think you need Zach Wilson to win this game. And the idea is to get him healthy because he is your number one quarterback for the games down the stretch, specifically for San Diego State. I, I just don't think, I don't think the reward is high enough that, to deal with the risk of putting him out there and having him get hurt again, you you, you just don't risk it. And I know he's going to want to play, and there's no question about that. But I, I don't think you need him to win the game, and if he's not 100%, I don't think you risk it.
0: I said this yesterday. I like filet mignon, even if it is a little bit rare and it's not cooked exactly like I want it to be at a steakhouse. And I think Zach Wilson is the filet mignon on the steak sheet of BYU quarterbacks. He's the guy. He's the number one guy. If he's cleared... And he can play, especially knowing that Baylor Romney might not be okay. He's dealing with a foot injury, and it's nagging him. And, again, it was just disconcerting to see him walk out of the locker room in Logan and kind of gimp around on that. Like, that that was not good. Can can Baylor Romney be the same guy that we expect him to be? If he's worse, is he better? Uh, I don't know. So, I... (laughs) I'm leaning towards, yes, I'd like to see Zach Wilson play if he's cleared. We all want to see Zach play, but I just don't don't see that the risk is worth it. If Baylor-Romney is not okay and Zach Wilson is cleared to play, then I think Zach should be the guy. I don't want to run Baylor-Romney out there if it's going to be detrimental to him and his health and ultimately the BYU team. He's a gamer. I know he's a gamer, but I would hate to see him get injured worse, and knowing that I don't think Jaron Hall's going to play. Yeah, we, we don't know. We don't know what the situation is I don't, with Jaron. I, I don't think he should play, especially if we're all assuming it's a, another concussion for him. I, I think the BYU should not play him. They don't have to play him because they've got Wilson and Romney. But I, I don't know. If Baylor's can go, great. Then he should be the guy. But if he's not okay... And Zach's cleared? Yeah, why not? Let, let Zach get out there, shake off a little bit of rust, and move forward as the Cougars get ready for what's going to be a really fun showdown in the regular season finale against what we think is going to be a ranked San Diego State team. Great stuff going. We told you we had a loaded menu on today's show. Our question of the day, back to BYU basketball.
1: You mentioned menu. We've talked about hot ham mm-hmm, water and mm-hmm. then filet mignon. Mm-hmm. I like it. Food on the mind. Are you hungry yet? I've been hungry for three
0: hours. (laughs) Question of the day. What did you learn about BYU basketball after their first game of the season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Southern Boy underscore 40 and on Twitter, it looks likely that a different player each game is going to step up and stand out. This is a team, Jason. Yeah. A team full of guys that are capable of going off at
1: any moment. Coming up, what made Kalani Satake so emotional during the coaches' show this week? And what's it like to watch your first three pointer find nothing but
0: the bottom of the net in the Marriott Center? Trevin Nell joins us. Also, his unique pregame music ritual. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans
1: everywhere. Saturday, watch Countdown to Kickoff after the conclusion of the BYU basketball game against San Diego State. On BYU TV is Dave, Blaine, David, and Spencer. Get you ready for BYU and Liberty. Live from Studio B with your
0: day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jason Shepard. And it's time to put a nail in the coffin. Oh boy. Jason, I know. We're starting it off with that. It's that type of day. Oh, boy. Well, there is that part of the Utah pronunciation, right? a nail. Yeah, it's no, true. No, 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 it's a nail. But we are talking with a Trevin Nell. Trevin, welcome back to Studio B.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, what was it like to watch your first three-pointer go down in the Marriott Center in front of a crowd last Friday night?
4: Last Friday night, it was fun. And Coach Pope and I kept making little exchanges. And so it was, just, it was just a lot of fun to have the crowd there.
0: What was happening in those exchanges between you
4: two? Um, I think it just goes back from my AAU season. And, like, he would always, like, come to my high school, watch me, and he would always just give these exchanges. And so it's just, like, a vote of confidence. So that helped.
1: We get to see Coach Pope from a media perspective. You obviously get to see him every day as your coach. What's he like in those settings?
4: Um, in practice, he's super intense, super, super intense. But it's out of, like, it's out of love. Like, every single time, he'd, like, if you make a good play, he'll come up and hug you, and it's just who he is. And so he'll come up pound his chest. He'll sometimes dance a little bit. And so it's a lot of fun, and it gets everybody excited. Good dancer, and remember, he controls your playing time. <laughs> yes, he is. It's <laughs>
0: <laughs> a wise answer. A oh, veteran, Trevin Nell with us in <laughs> Studio B. Uh, with Coach Pope losing his voice last night, it was hard for because uh, I'm in the huddle with you guys listening to kind of figure out what's going on between the teams. I could barely hear him. Could you hear him in there?
4: Um, no, but he had his little clipboard. he tried try to draw things up, and that that's, could be a little harder, too.
1: <laughs> so give us the scoop on Trevin Nell. What, what do you like to do when you're not playing basketball? Who are you rooming with? Who are you hanging out with? Give everybody the scoop.
4: So who am I rooming with? I'm rooming with Wyatt Lowell, um, and then Daniel Deal. He's a, he was a manager last year. And then Colby Laveson, he was a transfer. He's going to be a transfer. Um, but yeah, we're super close in our little apartment. And we were always doing stuff together, so it's kinda nice to have basketball, kinda twenty four seven. And then who I am, uh out outside of basketball, um I love listening to music. My favorite music is Disney. So like before wow. games. Yeah. Before games I listen to Disney a little bit to kinda I I don't know, to kill the nerves. You're getting pumped up with some Donny Osmond, Mulan. Oh, yeah.
5: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: So, when you say Disney, are we talking like Disney soundtracks? What 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 are we talking specifically
4: here? So, like, the Tarzan soundtrack is always up there. Uh huh. You got, like, Tangled is up there. And so I won't listen to a ton of Disney, but, like, just, like, you start out with, like, maybe rapping, like, slowly move into something that's kind of <laughs> more, like, kind of cool, cool that's you a little transition. bit. start out with
0: some Drake, some Jay-Z, and then I'm going to transition to uh, Phil Collins and Tarzan. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That is outstanding Okay, uh, there's so much more I want to dive down into in that rabbit hole But we, we will push forward <laughs> to another day Number two recruit in Utah High School basketball Coming out of Woods Cross Davis County represent Why BYU when you had offers from the likes of Washington State And the Pac-12 and Utah State And other schools in state
4: um, So well, when I was originally signed with Cal I was committed with them, I was excited And then Quanzo left and I just felt like it was the right thing to do, is to leave. And I got calls from like Texas, Washington, and a lot of like Pac-12 schools. And Coach Rose called me right away, and he's like, "Hey, I know, like, we don't like, we want you, but I just want you to come out and see everything." So I came out, met Jimmer right away. He talked to me for a while. Uh-huh. He's like, "Yeah, hey, they feel like you can be like kind of who I was, but in an aspect of a shooter." And I was like, "Well, I feel like I could, I can shoot the ball really well." And then we talked to Coach Rose for a while, and it just felt right. You guys
1: were finally able to, to get a game under your belt last night, first official game. You get the win over Cal State Fullerton. How do you think the team did overall?
4: I feel like we played really well. I feel like we played as a team. And That's what Coach Pope emphasized a lot, is how there's a lot of teams out there that have like one guy who scores 20-plus a game. And we have a team. So like that's more dangerous than just one guy. So any, any given player can go off. And, like, for us, we were all excited. Like, the bench was excited for Alex. The bench was excited for TJ when he just started cooking the second half. And then Jake started getting the shot going. So we really all, like, wanted each other to succeed. And there was a play where TJ caught in the corner. And he had a wide open three, and he was, he was cooking, right?
0: Yeah,
6: oh, yeah. He
4: decided to look for Jake, who hadn't got a three off yet. And his shot went down. So TJ's always looking to make that extra pass to, I don't know, boost our confidence. So this team's a super specialist here.
0: Trevin Nell with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's stay with the theme of last night. What do you feel like your team did best last night to help you prepare for a really tough opponent in San Diego State?
4: I feel like we uh, have the mindset of playing defense. And so we're always talking on the court, and we're trying to help each other. Like some guys are super quick, so we try to be there on the help. And we have Colby, Colby Lee and Dalton and Zach. who are just big, strong dudes, and they can jump high. So it helps with the little, like, little guards. But San Diego State is a little taller. They're 6'10", a little more athletic, I feel Mm -hmm, like. mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like we're rebounding the ball. We haven't lost our rebounding war yet. And so that's our huge emphasis for this Saturday.
0: Let's talk about the rebounding war. What is the rebounding
4: war? Just to beat them out. So don't let them beat us in rebounds. So how do you prepare for that in practice? Well, we always go against, like, Wyatt, who's 6'10" and Big Rich, Richard uh-huh. Hardwood, who's 6'10", and 270. <laughs> and so we got to make sure it's just about who's tougher. And that's who, That's what Coach Pope always talks about, is we can't let people like punk us. We have to be a force. And so that's what we're going to go into in this Saturday.
1: Well, staying with defense, how impressed were you with Alex Barcelo's blocks last night? We were talking about that before you came on. The guy was like, it was like angry
4: blocking. It was great. <laughs> well, when someone starts talking to Alex... And it's not in. It's not from us. It's from another team, and they're saying stuff. You better watch out, because Alex is gonna make you pay.
0: <laughs> he gets that crazy look in his eyes. You know, there was a shot of him on TV last night where I was like. Wow, I'm, I'm a little scared, but I'm
4: glad that he's playing for BYU. Yeah, he takes it personal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clearly. Trevin Nell with us on BYU Sports Nation, breaking down BYU and Cal State Fullerton. What are the expectations for this team from the three-point line? Because last night it couldn't have gone much better. You shoot 44%, red hot in the first half, 8 for 15. It cooled off a little bit in the second half, but what do you expect to do from the three-point line as a team this year?
4: We're expected to shoot just like this. And we're like this game's not just like, oh, they shot really well. Like, hopefully they can shoot it like this again. No, I feel like we're going to shoot like this every game. And it's just because, like I said about TJ, we're making the extra pass. Instead of taking a hard three, we're going to take an easier three. And there's like another play where there's three seconds on the shot clock. Jake could have taken the shot. Just had to pass out to Blaze for a three, and Blaze knocked it down. And I think it's just the whole trust aspect of this team and how special this team is going to be.
1: For you personally heading into this year, what were your own expectations for this season?
4: my own expectations they're pretty high um, I'm excited that I'm playing and like Friday Friday night I always felt the shot like my shot felt super well uh, clearly and <laughs> and then this last uh, Tuesday yesterday my first shot goes in and it didn't count because there's a charge call and Coach Pope looks at me and goes just shoot the next one and so the bench starts talking to me on like uh, Cal State Fullerton's bench starts talking to me and they're just like oh he's not he's not going to shoot over him and so once someone starts talking to me just like Alex I'm like alright it's, it's over and so once that shot went in, I felt really good. And so, I don't know, just this whole aspect of this team.
0: How do you handle the nerves of playing in a bigger crowd at the Marriott Center, in a game that actually counts, not just an exhibition?
4: Um, it's, it's pretty exciting, and it's kind of scary at times, seeing the crowd do their little, where they all lean back and forth. Oh, yeah, the rock. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, we have really good leadership. Uh, Zach's helped me a lot. Yoli's helped me a lot with just staying calm. And something that's always, like, before games, I get super nervous. And Coach Pope always tells us, hey, trust what we've put in. Like, trust your work. And so every day after practice, I'm shooting, like, hundreds of shots. And so I just got to trust that and, hey, Translates to the game.
0: Do you trust Zach Selius's
4: style and his mustache and his hair? I trust his style. I don't trust his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Will we ever see you grow the mustache? I don't think so. But I could grow it. But I don't, yeah. know, I don't know. if I'd like it. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. No. That uh, that's becoming an iconic thing. That, that's for sure. Trevin, congratulations on a great performance uh, individually and as a team. Um, I we think you you saw, have you signed If you, you new signed, you signed the new flag, right? I, yeah, new one. Have you signed this flag? I think he was here in June, so I think he signed this one. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll confirm. We'll find your signature on here. Um, but let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Um, and if you don't know how that works, you'll play a little bit better because you came on the show against San Diego State. That's how it works. That's, that's good. Okay. You're a confident shooter, so just shoot with extra confidence. <laughs> I'll do. Okay. Thanks, Trevin. Coming up, Jerem Jordan goes all-access with BYU wide receiver Gunnar Romney. Fantastic conversation you don't want to miss out. Also, we go deep blue. An emotional story about a young man Kalani Satake reached out to to bring in as a true blue hero. Do not miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Fourth-ranked women's soccer team looking to finish their WCC road slate without a blemish tonight at Gonzaga. Here, Greg Rubel on the call on BYU Radio 107.9 FM locally and on the BYU Cougars Let's get down to
0: business to defeat the Flames. You okay with this? Clearly you're not okay Is with this it. Is this show tunes? What are we doing here? It's Disney Day, right? <laughs> sure. I've been granted some
1: access, haven't I? Favorite Disney song, quick.
0: Oh man. You can't put me on the spot. Like, you can't ask that question, quick. I have to come back to Favorite you Disney
1: soundtrack. Go. I don't know. Mine's Mary Poppins. Okay. The original, not this Mary Poppins returns garbage.
0: <laughs> and you're giving me a hard time about singing Donny Osmond. Come on. <gasps> Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard teamed up on BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar whip Around
1: Men's basketball. I don't know why I divulged such things on camera. <laughs> BYU men's basketball defeated Cal State Fullerton 76-48 in their season opener at the Marriott Center last night. Alex Barcelo and TJ Haas led the team in scoring 17 points apiece. Cougars back in action Saturday against San Diego State. 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific on both BYU TV and BYU Radio.
0: Football. BYU seeks a third straight win on Saturday when the Cougars host fellow independent Liberty. Who's going to start at quarterback? Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, or Baylor Romney? All listed on the depth chart. Countdown to kickoff opens the live TV coverage at 6 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Radio pregame begins at 6.30 Eastern on BYU Radio.
1: Brock and named as a 2019 Bullsworth Trophy nominee. The trophy is awarded the best player in America who started his career as a walk-on. Soccer
0: BYU women's soccer at number four in the latest NCAA Division One Top 25 poll. They've been holding steady. The Cougars play at Gonzaga against former associate head coach Chris Watkins tonight. 10 Eastern, listen live
1: on BYU Radio. Cross country. Women's team moved up to number three in the latest USTFCCCA polls. The men still at number two. Both teams will compete uh, in their uh, penultimate meet of the season in Salt Lake City next week on November 15th in the Mountain Regional Championship.
0: Volleyball, Nice use of penultimate in the correct fashion. Mm, Thank you. BYU women's volleyball still at number 11 in the latest coaches poll. The Cougars, 11-1 in conference, tied with San Diego atop the WCC standings. BYU plays at Santa Clara tomorrow night, 10 Eastern.
1: Golf. BYU men's golf since a third place at the St. Mary's Invitational at 6-under. Peter Quest is in fourth place overall. He's at minus 7. Rock Stranger, by the way, had a hole-in-one on the 11th hole. It's his fifth all-time. Fifth. That's impressive. The third and final round of the tournament is today.
0: If you missed our Deep Blue feature last Saturday during Countdown to Kickoff, it's an all-timer. In fact, it brought Kalani Satake to tears, and he got very emotional right after he watched the story during his weekly show on Monday. If you haven't seen it, here's your next chance. Wyatt Page, a heroic young man facing, frankly, insurmountable odds and keeping a smile on his face. The strength and courage of his family are incredible. This is Deep Blue. Deep Blue.
3: Uh, My name is Wyatt Page, I'm 12 years old, I have terminal brain cancer, and I'm a BYU fan. I didn't know what to do!
7: (laughs) In September of 2019, after his 19-month battle, the diagnosis was terminal.
3: And that's hard. Going into my first surgery, I was obviously nervous. but my family was there, and I was just uh, kind of sc- really scared, actually.
7: You think about wishing you'd spent more time together, not working that extra hour or two, or wishing you'd taken time to go to lunch together. It was very clear that, you know, we were on on a special mission that was about to embark.
2: Wyatt is a 12-year-old boy from Saratoga Spring uh, who was nominated by Coach Kalani himself.
7: We had had been contacted from a ward member here that knows Kalani. And he asked us if Wyatt would be interested in going down and touring the facility, going down and meeting Kalani.
3: I'm like, okay, that sounds cool.
7: And we got down there, and of course, we were able to tour the facility, which is awesome.
3: It was fun. We got to uh, watch a video of all the of the team, uh, like chanting my name and everything, and that was. I was like, oh. <laughs>
7: it turned into something more to say the least the experience the mindset
2: that I had when I was going into that was that I wanted him to feel like he was a part of our family he was our brother and could ask us for anything that he needed
3: Ethan presented the team Um, they just kind of were encouraging and he was just saying like we love you Uh, we're were so supportive of you gave me like a little swag bag i guess and then they started pulling everything out and it was like we got monday tuesday (laughs) and they just gave me a bunch of cool stuff for byu and everything and it was it was pretty cool
7: we were shocked and uh and it was a really neat experience to see athletes that are finely tuned express their love and, and concern and brotherhood towards Wyatt. It was an amazing experience that I don't think any of us will ever forget.
2: It's important that we tell the team how much uh, they mean to so many different people and so many uh, fans and although uh, they're struggling through a loss and then Uh, Some inconsistent football playing, I think it was important that they understand their purpose is not just to play football, it's to help people's lives and make a difference.
0: When you have someone like Wyatt and all these other Troubles Heroes who come and visit your practice and you hear of their story, you really find out what a, a hardship really is. Um, and that even though we all want to win games and losing is tough it just puts things into perspective that we should still be grateful that we're able to be out here and play a game that we love and just because it's not going our way it shouldn't stop us from just putting our head down and going to work because people have it way worse and so see guys like Wyatt come in with a smile on his face when his life is on the line it really helps us put a smile on our face to be grateful for um, everything we have.
2: I think we recognize and, and Coach Kalani has helped us recognize what an opportunity we have, where we're at. Because we play football, people look to us and we have an opportunity to, to be a blessing in their lives. I think the whole team understands that. And we love seeing people like Wyatt and, and sharing those experiences with them where they're able to feel our love and
7: using our position as football players to, to make them feel loved. For them to do that, Obviously they were, they were um, needing something as much as Wyatt was needing something. And so the, the two of them to, to be able to get together and do that, I think they've inspired each other. I don't know at what level on each front, but I know for Wyatt it was a pretty neat day. And for those big guys to come and hang out with, with a little kid and, and share their heartfelt emotion was really neat.
3: It's an unfortunate circumstance, but we've met fantastic friends along the way because of it and are just grateful for those who've helped with wise care. I mean, it makes a huge difference having um, doctors and nurses and everybody who cares so much and who will do whatever to help out, you know? And we're just grateful for, I mean, it's weird to say, but it's, it's great. we're grateful for the opportunity. I mean, we look at it as an, as an opportunity rather than... than it, and a
7: trial but i mean it's, it's not op- for it hasn't been an opportunity as a father it's brutally heartbreaking to watch someone that you care about so much losing uh, the battle of against cancer but not losing the battle of life i want wyatt to know that i love him and that i'm proud of him
0: We love you, Wyatt, and we love the Page family. And I'm so grateful that Wyatt was able to be at the Boise State game this year to witness uh, a turnaround of sorts for BYU. He's a, clearly a special young man.
1: Yeah, and the, uh, the special moments continued for him. He was at a recent Utah Jazz game, and after the game, uh, Utah Jazz superstar Donovan Mitchell walked up to him, took his shoes off of his feet, handed it to him, signed both of them, and that was a pretty cool moment to yeah. see as well.
0: said, my man. Yeah, walked, uh, really, great stuff. really cool stuff. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this.
2: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of
1: BYU fans everywhere. Game two of the BYU hoop season coming up Saturday against the San Diego State Aztecs. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio. Coverage beginning at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. You can watch it on BYU TV at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific.
0: The brotherly connection was one of just many headlines out of the BYU win at Utah State. So let's discuss it some more. In fact, J- Jerem Jordan, BYU Sports Nation All Access, one-on-one with Gunnar Romney.
6: All right, Gunnar, have you come down from the high of of putting up 42 and 639 yards of total offense Saturday?
5: I think so. I think we finally started to move on a little bit. It It was a good weekend to enjoy it, but time to move on to the next opponent.
6: Well, then apologies. We're going to break it down before we talk about Liberty. First off, just ha- how awesome was it that you and Baylor become the first brother-to-brother connection for a touchdown pass in BYU history?
5: It's, it's a super cool experience to be able to go through with Baylor. Like He's, he's such a hardworking, humble person, and so uh, to have him and, and me be, uh, be together like with this accomplishment, it's a really cool experiment, experience. Who has more chill between the two of you? Because you're, you're both kind of low-key dudes, right? Uh, that's, it's, a, it's a tough tough competition, honestly. I'd, I'd say he probably is a little bit more chill than me, but it's not by much. When he comes into the game, I think he targets you. Was it his
6: first throw? Was to you or soon thereafter? Soon after, yep. Were yeah. you expecting that? A little bit. I mean, <laughs> I,
5: I know, I know he's, he's my brother, so we, we have that connection. So it's, it's cool to, for him to come in the game and just be ready for it.
6: Let's talk about that connection um, that results in the touchdown, right? Um, you're what two years younger uh two and a half okay. three in school two and a half so at what age were, were you best friends your whole life right and you have a younger brother as well
5: yeah so growing up like me and my my two brothers my younger brother and my older brother we were always super close just growing up playing sports together in the backyard growing up just messing around with each other fighting each other just always we've always been super close and all we been the best friends it's been cool
6: was Baylor always
5: the quarterback, and were you always the receiver? Yeah, it actually worked out really good. He always had someone to throw to. I always had someone to catch from. And so it's, it's been the perfect uh, combination all through our lives. What would happen if roles were reversed? What would that be like? Dude, I don't know. I can't throw, so I can't, <laughs> I can't, really, I can't really say what it'd be like. But, I mean, it'd still be cool, I guess. We still have that connection. But I'm, I'm glad I'm a receiver. I'm glad he's the quarterback.
6: You know Micah Simon? I do know Mike Simon. You're
5: known Mike Simon. He threw a pass. Uh, you don't want to pass this year? Yeah, no, I that's not me. That's, that's for the other receivers that played quarterback in high school.
6: Okay, so walk us through this, and you and I have a, somewhat of a connection in that you grew up in the Mormon colonies, and you were born there. My grandparents live there. My mom and aunts and uncles live there. Tell us a little bit about, for those who don't know, what is it about this place that makes it special down in Mexico?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's just a tiny little just Mormon colony is what they say, just a little church town, just probably 500 people, tiny little temple up on the hill, just super small community, little farming community. Everybody's super close down there, just in the middle of Mexico. So it's a pretty unique place.
6: Romney's, Wettons, Calls, Browns. I mean, there's only so many families down there right there um, in the valley. What did your dad do again for, for work? He was a, a, a chili, a, farmer. F-
5: chili yep. farmer. Yep, still is, still grows chili, still, still uh, makes hot sauce. So it's pretty cool. So you guys could say you have the sauce or something. There's something. There. I guess we do have the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you help in the farm? Yeah, I mean, every summer my dad would take us out. He'd uh, just leave us out on the farm and uh, just say, "All right, go to work." And so I think that really, really taught us discipline and taught us hard work going up, just because that farmer's hard work is instilled in us.
6: What kind of work are we talking about on a chili farm?
5: Chili farm, you got to pick weeds. You got to pick the chili. You got to just like pull out all the pipes for the irrigation. Just that rough far- uh, farm work.
6: So that, that do you feel like that's where you learn hard work?
5: I definitely do. I mean, my dad—he that's one of the ones. One of the things he wanted to teach us growing up was was hard work, and so it really it, we learned the hard way about it. But it was good, and I'm, I appreciate it now.
6: So he still is a chili farmer. Does he own it down there, or because you guys have moved to El Paso and Chandler? Right?
5: Yeah, no, he still commutes. He still works down in Mexico. That's that's what he does. So he's made a big sacrifice for our family, in bringing us out to to first Texas and then Arizona, and now we're here. So. It's been, he's been great for our family. Was the move to El Paso uh, for high school football and athletics? Uh, mostly. There's not a lot of opportunities down in the, in the little town of Mexico, so my family we all decided that it was, it was best for all of us if we were to make the move to, to the United States to be able to play sports and be able to get better education and be able to, to pursue our dreams pretty much, and so it's worked out for, for me and my brothers.
6: So Baylor claims El Paso as his hometown, you claim Chandler. Why, why, why the difference?
5: Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of gets confused, like, oh, he's from Texas, he's from Chandler. So a lot of people didn't even know we were brothers, but um, so he, we moved over to Arizona after he graduated from high school. And so I went my last two years of high school in Arizona, so that's where I say I'm from. He says he's from Texas.
6: So he goes on his mission to Carlsbad, California, while you, you were finishing your last few years of high school. Was the plan always to play together? Because Baylor, what, signed with Nevada out of high school?
5: Yeah, I mean, that was always been a dream. We always wanted to play with each other, but we didn't, we didn't think it was going to happen for a while because he signed to Nevada, and I was still weighing my options of where I wanted to go. But when he when he came back from his mission, he decided he wanted to come here. That was a big attraction for me to come to BYU. And so ultimately, I, I came here because that was one of my reasons. And so the opportunity presented itself that we get to play with each other now.
6: So was that a, was that a conversation you guys had? Because that was, I guess, a sacrifice on Baylor's account to be a walk-on, at least for now. I, I imagine he'll get a scholarship in the future.
5: Yeah, I mean, we always talked about it, especially the, the six months that he, after he got back from his mission. He was trying to decide where he went. We were talking about where's where can we play together, like what what are we going to do to be able to get on the field at the same time, and BYU was, was the best option for both of us, and so I think it's paid off so far, so it's a good decision.
6: So even then, you're at the same school, but Baylor's third string, and you think, eh, practice, whatever. Once Baylor gets that chance against Boise State and now Utah State, what's this been like that you've actually been able to play on the field together and win?
5: Yeah, it's been surreal. I mean, Baylor—he de- he deserves this opportunity. Ever since he got up here, he's just been—he's been one of the hardest working people on the team, and he's just been—he's—he's qu- he's a quiet person. So he's just been—just been working in silence, and um, he's been—he's been ready for his opportunity to come up, and he's—he's he's obviously he wasn't scared of the spotlight, and so he stepped up in a big time, big time game last week, and another one this week when his opportunity came up and so it's just been it's been an awesome experience to be able to go through it with him and just it's an awesome experience just to be able to play college football but with your brother it makes it that much better.
6: So let's bring it to the play where you two connect for a touchdown so Baylor comes into the game and he said he didn't know that he was going to be throwing to you until he brought you in motion. Yeah. When do you realize, hey, this is going to work? Because you probably realize it before he does, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're always rotating receivers. Uh, we have we have rotation, so quarterback has to really just read the defense first and receiver second. So I mean, uh, as soon as I got in there, we we both knew it was going to be a touchdown just because of the play call and the way the defense was set up. And so as soon as he sent me in motion, I think he looked over and saw me and kind of smiled. And so <laughs> it was it was a really cool experience just to walk in touchdown like that.
6: Then you get to the sideline. And you have kind of a moment there. Where you describe that moment with each other?
5: Yeah, so he he didn't uh, come to the touchdown. He just ran straight to the sideline. Why was that? I don't know. You'll have to ask him about that. <laughs> but uh, as soon as I got back to the sideline, everybody was high-fiving and stuff. And someone just picked me up, and I looked back, and it's Baylor. And so we kind of had a little moment right there celebrating it. And uh, it kinda, that's when it kind of hit me. like We we just scored a touchdown together. So it was a really, really cool experience.
6: Then after the game, uh, Spencer Linton interviews both of you. And that was awesome. And you have a blanket.
5: Did mom just have one blanket, I take it, that you got? It was it was cold outside, and so I just asked my mom for the blanket and I don't <laughs> I don't know if she saw Baylor there or not, but I mean I think she was probably playing favorites a little bit. So it was yeah, I just needed it. I was shivering out there.
6: Now wait a minute. Did did your
5: mom need the blanket herself? What what's that situation? She she had an extra one she okay, was using okay. herself, so yeah. It was it was all good. Mom, like, don't take your mom's blanket. Of course, mom comes first. That's awesome.
6: So you beat uh, Boise State and Utah State. Things feel different. Um, what's changed, especially offensively, for this team in the last two games?
5: I think it's just the mindset. Um, we we knew we had a little bit of a rough patch back uh, a couple of weeks ago, but we've always we've we just kind of uh, focused in and kind of got back to the basics really working on execution and it's just a different mindset now we have to go in and treat every game like it's a super bowl and treat every treat every play like it's the last play that we're playing and so it's just it's a different energy and it's a different vibe in the locker room you can tell everybody just everybody wants it more and everybody's a little bit more focused
6: now Liberty comes to town, a team that uh, is really interesting, a fellow independent. They have a 1,000-yard receiver and a quarterback named Stephen Buckshot Calvert, which is awesome. Uh, what do you think of the matchup with Liberty this Saturday at home?
5: You know They're, they're a good team. They, they, they have a really good record right now. They've played some pretty solid teams, and so it's, it's going to be a fun one this Saturday. And so I'm excited, looking forward to the opportunity. Um, obviously, this week we'll, we'll hop on the film and we'll, we'll practice the game plan against them, but um, I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a fun matchup. Okay, thanks for the time and congratulations. Thank you, appreciate it.
0: BYU Sports Nation All Access, one-on-one with Gunnar
1: Romney. Boy, what a time to be a Romney. Yes, it absolutely was. Coming up, it was a great night at the Marriott Center for several reasons. I'll explain in my Rise and Shoutout. We're one full game into the basketball
0: season, so it's the perfect time for overreaction, underreaction. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: This segment of BYU Sports Nation
0: is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The show always available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. One game into the basketball season, BYU football will be back-to-back rivals. Perfect time for
0: overreaction, underreaction. Presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Ben Bagley joins us with today's nominees. All right,
2: here we go. Start here. He had two of them last night, so overreaction, underreaction. Alex Parcello will lead the team in block shots this season. (laughs) Right. This is a combined overreaction. Overreaction. Come on. Come on, next. Dude, they had two last night. They're huge. (laughs) All right, overreaction, underreaction. BYU will shoot 36.2% or better from three this season.
0: I think this is an underreaction, Jason. I think this team is absolutely capable of doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. underreaction. I, I don't think it's crazy.
1: to Think this team could get near forty percent for three. Okay, now don't don't push the overreaction.
0: Next,
2: overreaction, underreaction. BYU hoops will win six of the nine Yoli list games.
1: I, I don't think it's an overreaction. I, I would say between the two, underreaction. I think if you can go six of the nine,
0: I think you're feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, things. I think that's right on the mark. In fact, I have BYU going six and three in the first nine. That is not an overreaction. All right, Ben, what do you have for us next? And let's slip into football
2: with the dreaded seventeen plus BYU. Still a <laughs> seventeen point favorite for the game versus Liberty. Overreaction, <laughs> underreaction. BYU will win Saturday's game by seventeen plus.
1: <laughs> underreaction. Yes, BYU going to win this game
0: big? Uh, I'm weird about the 17-plus curse. So uh, I, I say BYU wins, but I, I'm not ready to say 17-plus. I'm not ready to say 17-plus. I don't know who's playing quarterback yet, Jason. It shouldn't matter. Thank you, Ben Bagley. Our question of the day, what did you learn about BYU basketball after the first game of the season? The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. From Matt Felt-Joseph, he said, what did I learn? I learned BYU's going to win a national championship, baby. Speaking of overreaction and underreaction, that is Blue an overreaction. <laughs> wow. Mary Poppins to that line. It's <laughs> a good soundtrack. Today's rise and shout-outs, Jason, for me. It goes to the man with the mustache on the court last night, Zach Sellius. Yes, yeah, specifically that mustache and his hair. Oh, yeah, and the way he played. He's going to be he's gonna be a problem for people if he continues to play with that kind of moxie. If, he, if he'll rock that mustache, BYU's going to win a lot of games.
1: Yeah, my rising shout-out goes to uh, former BYU head coach Dave Rose in attendance last night at the first game Fantastic. for head coach Mark Pope. And it was great to see him. Everybody knows that Coach uh, Rose had a heart attack a couple of weeks ago, so the fact that he was there looking great, smiling, it was awesome
0: to see. He's so relaxed, and he deserves it. Our thanks to today's guests, Trevor Nell and Gunnar
1: Romney conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. No shout-out for Dennis Pitta? That's you and
0: Jaren's weird thing. I'll give a shout-out to Dennis Pitta. I like Dennis Pitta. All right. For Jason, I am Spencer. A shout-out to Steven Rogers. Stay tuned for BYU football with Kalani Satake. Go Cougs!